This is the Data Privacy Detective, and today we're going to talk about the golden state of the USA, California. And I'm here today with Jane Hillshay. Jane, you're the head of the Privacy and Information Security Team at Frost Brown Todd. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. And Jane, Frost Brown Todd's a 500-plus lawyer firm in the United States, so you have a wide variety of clients you advise? We do. We advise clients ranging from Fortune 500 companies to small startups and a lot of other companies in between. And we have a team of about oh, 20 to 25 attorneys from various of the different practice areas that assist with this work and um, most recently have been spending a lot of time helping clients work their way through compliance with the GDPR. That's the European approach and that. now we're going to talk about a pretty new approach out of, uh, out of California. So California has just adopted, uh, we're into July of uh, 2018, the California Consumer Privacy Act and when does that come into effect? It's effective January 1 of 2020, so we've got about an 18-month lead time, um, not quite the two years that were was given with the GDPR. And I would expect between now and then there'll be public comment about it, and uh, what, the Attorney General has uh, some obligation now to issue regulations? Is that how this is going to work? Yeah, that's exactly right, Joe. The um, Attorney General is charged under the statute to issue regulations to assist with implementation of the law, and the, the statute actually charges the Attorney General to engage the public in the writing of these regulations. So we anticipate there will be a lot of back and forth with respect to what those regulations end up looking like, like uh, at the end of the day. Well, uh, let's get into at least what the law on its face says it's going to do. So uh, tell us uh, some of the rights that uh, California consumers are going to have uh, under this new law. And let me start with, who, what's a California consumer? A California consumer is a California resident, however identified, including by unique identifiers. So that means that the to be entitled to the protections, they don't have to necessarily have even given their name uh, or any other personal information, but um, a unique identifier such as their IP address is sufficient to entitle the user of the device of the IP address to those to these protections if that IP address is identified as a California um, based, based IP address. So that's, that, that's the meaning of consumers. So what are, what are the rights that this law gives to California consumers? Well, um, among others, it entitles the consumer a right to know what information is being collected about them before that information is collected. And uh, talk a little bit, is this opt-in or opt-out, uh, or how, just it somehow gather? It is, it is opt-in, and so the idea is um, similar to the GDPR that at the point in time that the uh, business begins to collect the personal data that the user or the consumer be given some sort of notification 
as to what information is explanation as to what information is being collected about them and the fact that it is being collected. Okay, and what other rights? They also are entitled to know um, about the information that's being sold or disclosed to third parties. Um, they have the right to um, say no, so there's your opt-out. Uh, you have the right to say no to the sale of your personal information. Uh, they have the right to access their personal information. That's another um, right that's similar to or the same as the GDPR. And Are there some limits on that? Let's say, does this mean that every employee of a California company now has full right to see all their personnel file and that well, kind of thing? at this point, it is unclear whether this implies to the employer-employee relationship. However, there are a number of um, indicators in the, in the bill that would suggest it does not apply to an employer-employee Maybe regulations will make that more clear. And hopefully regulations. There's also talk about clarifying amendments to, to the bill that going forward unintended consequences kinds of um, issues that arise. And I think the employment relationship is one of those that will necessitate some corrective and clarifying yeah, amendments okay. to the bill. Now, California is one of those states where a lot of things get passed by uh, the, the, the people petitioning. And I understand there was something floating around about privacy. And so this, in a way, was a bill to get into law something that would prevent this uh, initiative from being voted on. At right. least that's a, what I've read. It's a real interesting story, um, which is uh, which could probably only happen in California, but as you mentioned, the the California has the initiative process where a uh, the the uh, individual citizen can um, initiate a, um, a change of law or a new law on the ballot, and a real estate developer in Los Angeles after the Cambridge Analytica revelations decided that enough was enough and that it something had to be done about the way personal information was being collected and used without any um, input or the ability to exercise any individual rights over that and so he started this initiative drive put in two million dollars of his own money and wrote the wrote the initiative and the deadline for finalizing the ballot was last Friday for the oh, November's so, uh, election. So the legislature stepped in, rushed it, and I understand it was That's voted exactly unanimously right. by both it houses was. in a week, something and like that. The tech companies, yeah. the large tech companies, of course, were very opposed to the initiative were terribly happy about this bill, but saw it as far better than what the initiative provided for. So they agreed not to oppose it. And as a result, um, they, uh, they were able to get it um, approved and voted on in time for that deadline. Governor Brown signed it prior to the deadline. And um, the, Mr. McAllister was, by all accounts, um, pleased with the ultimate bill. Okay, um, so we yeah, have so peace for now in the privacy now. area exactly. in California. Exactly. Interesting what mm -hmm. one person can do, though, in 
you know. Uh, Power of the people. Exactly. Democracy in action. Uh -huh. Well, let me let me add that. It should should uh, for people who haven't read the bill, and it is a little lengthy. Um, is, is this just like GDPR? Let me give you some some examples. For example, you, you've said people can get access to. Uh, information if they're a California consumer. Can they have it changed uh, by demand? Can they have it erased if they want it, uh, as you pretty much see under GDPR? There is a right to request deletion of personal information. So there is that concept of a right of erasure. Um, and presumably, they get some sort of confirmation. There is. Um, a discussion which we expect the regulations will address of verifiable identification. So how do you know that an individual who is um, quest requesting um, information or the changing of information is in fact that person? So mm -hmm. that's going to be one of those um, issues that, and, per and uh, probably it's going to be through the registration process on the website where you set up your login and password and only someone who has that login and password can right. then go in and submit that request. But so about, in that respect, it's it's going to be similar to GDPR, that aspect of How it. about data portability? We're under GDPR. If you want to move your personal data, the, uh, the person who's got it and you're in a, in a general sense has to help you do that and, mm -hmm. and port it. Yeah, do you find that? There's no real mention of that that particular right in the bill. How about the European uh, right uh, not to be subjected to automated data, uh, decision making and profiling and that sort of thing? Do you see that in the California bill? You do see aspects of that and I think that's probably, and, and the, the preamble of the bill does call out the, the Cambridge Analytica um, uh, activity and which of course involved um, targeting consumers based upon their personal information and their preferences and their activity on a website and when you look at some of the definitions of business and definitions of um, uh, processing data and collecting data um, and then transferring that data to third parties there's uh, Enough, and the definition of data itself. Yeah, would you say there are more uh, similarities than differences with, with GDPR? There are more similarities, certainly, in the definition of personal information um, than differences, and it is far broader a definition than what we see in any other U.S. privacy law. So would you say California is uh, kind of leading the way? If you're a privacy advocate, you'd say they're leading the way? Oh, I say the opposite for if you're not an yeah. advocate. Without question, they are, and they did, the, they did so with their other privacy laws, starting with the data breach notification, and we finally have all 50 states uh, took a few years for the rest of them to come along, but um, they all, and, and California's law was, was a model for many of the state laws. Um, similarly, we see California leading the way with the requirement for uh, websites to post a privacy policy and to uh, explain the categories of businesses that they share data with. Now that will be you know, expanded obviously under this bill, but California certainly has been leading the way. It's the fifth largest economy in the world. So yeah, if it were a country. Uh, yeah, they have a right. lot of weight to throw around. 
Well, Jane, let's talk a little bit about a, a provision. Maybe you can help me understand it. The, the, the law seems to say that uh, you can't discriminate among users who don't want their data shared with third parties or sold to third parties. And uh, consumers, you say, that's fine with me. Go ahead and you know sell it to a third party if you need to use advertising as part of your business model. But then it also seems to say that um, you can offer an incentive to people to, to to let a business sell their personal data. So help me make sense of that. What does that mean in, in your view? Well, it does specifically say that a business cannot discriminate against a consumer that elects not to share their personal information or permit their personal information to be used in um, uh, for third parties' uses. And um, additionally, um, it permits a business to create a financial incentive program. So you're not sure exactly how that is all going, we are not sure how that's all going to, um, what it's going to look like, you know, upon uh, January 1, 2020. Uh, I, I think it's sort of analogous to the credit card rules that, for a long time prohibited surcharges but permitted cash discounts so you know some of it may be what are you posting as the pricing for your goods and services and yeah so it may be more in how it's marketed and, mm -hmm. and the words chosen than uh, mm -hmm. the reality of uh, two levels of money correct one being none and other or whatever the terms are mm -hmm. and the other being uh, an incentive or a bonus of some kind to, to get you to allow the sharing of your Data. And privacy advocates have argued for a long time that consumers ought to be more um, careful about giving away their personal information. We know that it's been monetized and that big data has really transformed the way we do business and the way um, goods and services are marketed. And so I think this is just trying to pay, play catch up with that. Well, we could talk at length, but this is just a podcast about the different things that businesses are going to have to do in the next year and a half to get ready for this. Uh, I would think, obviously, they're going to have to update their privacy notices to some extent and how they figure out how to pay an incentive and some of the things you've mentioned. What else are the high points of how business should prepare? If they have not gotten caught up in the GDPR, then they're going to need to develop some of the processes that um, those businesses that are now working with GDPR have implemented. Um, the businesses that have been working with GDPR really have um, a, a leg up because they've already uh, created the processes for um, responding to consumer access requests and uh, changes to their information or deletion of their information. They've updated their um, implement incident response plans to um, accommodate that. So they'll have to do, uh, they won't have to do a lot of the things that one would have to do if you haven't uh, Correct. dealt with GDPR. Correct. Right. One of the significant things about this bill is that it creates a private right of action for consumers who are victims of a data security breach um, that results from a failure to um, utilize commercially um, state-of-the-art 
uh, data security measures, and there are statutory damages of up to $750 per record. So looking at one's information or uh, information security program and their incident response plan um, is more pressing as a result, I would say. Very good. I noticed also it's kind of interesting that uh, businesses uh, with California consumers have to actually provide a link to a do not sell my personal information web page. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. that's a, a very specific direction on how to deal with that problem. It, it, it certainly is, Joe, and I think that one thing that one avenue that some businesses may choose to take instead of implementing this for all of their customers is to create a California only page of their website that offers all of uh, the rights under this bill and the requirements under this bill to California residents only. Of course, then you're going, you're kind of siloing you uh, your your website by state, and you know then you have to worry. Well, what if, what if Vermont gets into the act and so on? Yes, that that is absolutely a consideration that should be addressed because before long you can find um, you've created a, a hydra. Yeah, a many-headed monster. And there may be some states whose legislatures feel just the opposite way of California. So we've seen that before. Yeah. Yes, we have. Well, let me ask you one last question to wind up. A lot to read, and of course, uh, anybody really dealing with this has to get into the nitty-gritty of the law. But what if you're not a U.S. company? Uh, you're in Europe or Asia or South America, and you have a website, and some California consumers uh, provide their data to you. Are, are companies outside the U.S. affected by this? Well, I, I want to emphasize that it applies to a, you know, there's like a number of defined terms, but three of the key defined terms are it applies to a business, that's a defined term, that collects a consumer's, that's a defined term we already said is a California resident, and then the personal information, which is an expansive list of um, data elements. And so the business definition um, creates a threshold of um, 25 million in annual gross revenues. So first of all, it so will- a lot of small and mid-sized businesses don't be. have to worry a lot about this. Could be, because it's one of three thresholds, the 25 million, mm -hmm. um, or if it annually buys or receives for the business's commercial purposes, um, the personal information of 50,000 or more individuals, okay. households. So that that's limits it also, and mm -hmm. is there a third? There's a third if it derives 50% or more of its annual revenues from selling consumers' personal information. California consumers yes. or all consumers? California. It, it's a, they use the term consumer, consumer, which is defined as a California, California. resident. So that really limits the California's effort to reach uh, uh, non-U.S. or, for that matter, U.S. companies that it don't does. have many I mean, California consumers. Right. And so it's really interested in hitting. Although there, the reports that I'm reading say that it's there could be uh, up to five thousand, six thousand businesses in the U.S. alone that are impacted. And I guess it means this. that uh, companies doing this better figure out a way to track who a 
California consumer is. Oh, That's so. right. That's <laughs> so they're going to need right. some personal information to see if they're covered by it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it's an interesting story. And Jane, thank you very much. You've covered so much about California, much to, much to gather. Thank you for spending time together today. It's been my pleasure. Remember that protecting your personal data begins with you.